This morning I want to talk to you about something that is revolutionary, um, that I have been speaking to you over the last, last week when I got back and also before I went away. And that is the wonderful truth that God dwells in you if you are a Christian. That if you have made a decision in your life that you're not going to live your life uh, with you in the driver's seat, but as God as your driver and as God as your guide, then the scripture clearly tells us that God has come to dwell within you. You're not alone. Sometimes we can feel like we're alone. Sometimes we can feel like maybe nobody cares, but the reality is God actually is dwelling within you, which is quite a powerful thing. And I feel like for me over the last few months, God is trying to get me to understand or have a deeper revelation of what that means. So this morning... Um, I want to carry on on that theme that God dwells within us. Even if you live in the UK, God dwells within us. Even if you are a homeless person, but if you know Jesus, you are not alone. He dwells within you. Even when you are going through life's difficulties, And it just seems so hard to put one foot in front of the other. I want to tell you, my friends, there is a helper. And that is the creator of the universe. And if you are prepared to give your life to him, he will come and dwell with you and be with you. Through all of life's highs and lows. And I feel like the the age that we are living in, the time that we are living in, there is so much uncertainty that never before does God want his church to understand that he is not all the way away in heaven, but he is dwelling with us. Hallelujah. So Father, I thank you for the fact that you are indeed our Father, number one. And that Lord, you said you would not leave us as orphans, And that you would dwell with us through your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, that you dwell in us. I pray this morning, give us a deeper revelation of what it means to know that you dwell with us, Lord. Open hearts this morning, Lord. Bring a deeper understanding. Let our eyes see the things you want us to see this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So, let's get rid of those, put that over there. John 14, 16, uh, 3 to 18. And the in a uh, New American Standard says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another, the helper, that he may be with you forever. Uh, that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. You see, until you become a Christian, until you turn your life over to God, you will never understand what it is to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Verse 17 again. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Up until that point, 
the disciples were in relationship with Jesus. They were walking with him. Uh, he had used them to do some amazing things. But there was about to come something that was going to dramatically change their lives, that no longer would God just be beside them, that he was going to come and dwell within them. And then it says this in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then we, we, we read last week how um, one of the disciples, Judas, not the, not the bad fellow, but uh, another disciple, didn't quite get what it meant. And he says this in John 14, 22 through to 23. Uh, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Jesus, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And verse 23, and Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home in him. God came to dwell or has come to dwell in us via his Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. God is made up of three parts, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The actual Greek word for um, uh, the Holy Spirit is the word uh, pneuma. And the word pneuma is where we get things like uh, pneumatic stuff or whatever. Pneuma means breath. So when uh, the, the, the kind of the, the description or the, or the uh, understanding of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is like the breath of God. That the very breath of God has come to dwell within you. The very breath of God that is full of life. Not death. The very breath of God that when it is breathed upon us, when it dwells within us, it brings the most amazing things of heaven into our lives. You imagine the fact that the creator of the universe uh, and the very breath or, the, or the, the life that is in him has come and it lives in you. The breath of God that was breathed on the earth and created all you see dwells within you. Never to leave you. To be with you through everything. The breath of God has the power to turn death to life. The breath of God has the ability. I'm shouting, slow down. We've got guests in the church. We don't want to scare them. But the very breath of God that has creative power. There is creative power alive within us if we are Christians. Hallelujah. Friend, you have creative power dwelling within you. Friend, you have the breath of life that turns death to life dwelling within you. Hallelujah. You see, that's why it doesn't matter what you face, you have life dwelling within you. Last week we looked at the fact that one of the descriptions of the Holy Spirit is that he has come to help. You are not helpless because you, you have the helper dwelling within you. You have God in you to help you through life. Not only that, you have God in you to help you help the rest of humanity. I've entitled my message this morning, The World Needs Us. The World Needs Us. I'm not talking about just one person, I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about us. Us, ignite life 
here in this community in Yarrawonga and wherever else we are. See, the world's trying to tell you, the media is trying to tell us, secularism is trying to tell us that the church and God are irrelevant. And that lie is coming actually from the kingdom of darkness. And sadly, too many Christians believe that lie. That the world no longer needs God. It's a lie. The world is in a mess because it's turned its back on God. I know in my own life that it wasn't until I turned my life around, I was living it for myself, until I turned my life around towards God and tried to live life with Him, that my life became what it was meant to be. Purpose, life. I needed God. And I found Him. And the world needs God. And it is our job to shine Him to them. That's why I'm saying to you, the world needs us. Not because we're intellectuals. Not because we are highly gifted people. The world needs us because of who dwells in us. The world needs help, friend. And you have a helper within you who God wants to use through you to help a world that desperately needs help. Am I making sense? Hallelujah. Friday. When we were at that meeting, it reinforced to me at that luncheon, the world needs help. And God has put you and I, he has breathed life into us. He has caused us to be alive in this generation, my friends, that you are purposed, put here in this time and age to be a vessel for God to use to help people in a world that desperately needs help. Do you believe it? Do you? Good. Because it needs more help. Hallelujah. I uh, had the pleasure of, you know, I feel guilty a little, not, of being on a cruise through the Mediterranean. I'm on this cruise boat cruising the Mediterranean with my wife, my beautiful wife. Did you hear that, honey? And uh, we're amongst all these people from all over the world who are cruising on the boat in the Mediterranean. Very beautiful. Pigging ourselves up with three meals a day. That's why I'm looking porky, probably. But again, even on a cruise boat, Cruising the Mediterranean, looking at the beauty of the world amongst us were people who needed help because what the world offers doesn't answer the broken parts in people's lives, friends. Even on a boat cruising the Mediterranean. You understand? And um, I just wish in hindsight I had been more aware of that. I had the pleasure of speaking some stuff into a couple of people's lives but, you know, in hindsight, I, I was thinking, man, you know, I should have stopped going to the dining room table and just eating and thinking more about some people around me. But you will forgive me, won't you? Because you would never have been like me, just piling those plates up, 
eating heaps, although, I don't know. Anyway, I digress. Where did I get up to? Okay. John 16, 12 through to 13. Jesus again, trying to get these dudes to understand a whole lot of stuff about the Holy Spirit dwelling within them, about this destiny and purpose that he had for their lives. And 16, 12 through to 13 says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and note this last bit, and he will tell you things to come. So again, he's trying to get them to see and have revelation and understand about the Holy Spirit dwelling within them, and that in fact he's described as the spirit of truth. And he will teach you all truth. Not some truth, not a bit of the truth, not part of the truth, not most of the truth, but all truth. Friend, never before is there so much information out there telling us, turn to the left, turn to the right, do this, do this, do this, or do that. And someone's got to be wrong because a lot of it is opposed to each other. You understand what I'm saying? Even in Christianity, there are books written about this and books written about that. And they'll say this and he'll say that. But hallelujah, according to what I'm reading about Jesus, he says that there is a spirit of truth dwelling within me who will lead me in all truth. Hallelujah. All truth. Is there anybody that you know that can tell you all truth? Is there anybody that you know, or maybe are you smart enough to understand all truth? Joe, I know you're smart, but I think Richard's smarter. Nah, even Richard says he's not. All truth. People go miles and miles, travel to the other world, other side of the world to get someone to tell them what all truth is. But according to this, the speaker of all truth dwells within a Christian. All truth. Jesus said, I have many things to say to you. He's got a lot he wants to say, but I I can't tell you it all now because he says you can't bear it yet. So the disciples had spent quite a few years, a number of years, three years, probably three, almost three and a half years up to that point. Jesus had been teaching them, but yet he said, my friends, I have a whole lot more to tell you, but guess what? I can't tell you at all yet because you won't be able to cope with it. You won't be able to bear it. And here's the thing about the spirit of all truth that dwells within you, he is still revealing to you and I, no matter how long we've been on the road, more of what Jesus wants to communicate to us. Because Jesus needs to communicate to us more and more of all truth. Hallelujah. That's quite interesting. I've met some Christians who think they know all truth. I've met some Christians who have... uh, come to help correct me on my journey of understanding the Bible and are interesting people usually. 
Anybody? Courtney, all truth? You got it all? Is there more? You see, my friends, there's more. You know why? Because there are parts of our lives that don't yet know all truth. There are parts of your life where you're still stuck somewhere where you don't understand all truth. There are parts of your life that have held you or holding you captive that you need to hear some more all truth in order for it to set you free a bit more. Because the Bible says, know the truth and the truth you free. Hallelujah. Is there some people here this morning that need more truth? Is there some people here this morning who need to have that truth come and set them free in some parts of their lives, maybe? Uh, I'm one of those. All truth, friend, he dwells within you. And when you're ready, because sometimes we're not ready to hear the truth because we're not strong enough, because sometimes the truth causes us to face our weaknesses and be honest with ourselves, And stop blaming everybody else. Because the world teaches us to blame our mom and our dad and this one and that one. And and it kind of deflects personal responsibility for who we are sometimes. Well, it's a bit harsh, isn't it, Genevieve? You need to go back to the UK. No. Are you with me? Friend, friends, we have all truth dwelling in us, who's teaching us. If you're struggling somewhere, you need to allow all the spirit of all truth to communicate to you some more truth because truth sets us free. You know, one of the things when I was away, <clears throat> I realized there was a carnal man inside of me. True. When we talk about the carnal man in the Bible, that's the person inside of me who is driven by the flesh. That is the natural man that is kind of the selfish man who just wants things his way. There's a, I know you're surprised it's about me, but I've got to be honest. Nicole, you see, you have a carnal nature, friend. That's the fallen nature, and that's why Jesus had to come. And that carnal nature is the one that wants to lead you to be more destructive and to hurt more people and not take personal responsibility for who you are. But the spirit of truth is the one that leads us away from that nature, leads us away from that person that is destructive, that person that has caused the world to be the way it is. Because he leads us away from it into life because he's the breath of life into truth. Am I getting there? Hallelujah. It is the most amazing thing that God has come to us and he actually lives in us. And he is taking us on a journey of being set free. And you're still on it. Hallelujah. When I was on the cruise boat, got to tell you, I was with this fella And we were sitting down the back of the cruise boat, cruising the Mediterranean, beautiful ocean. And um, that was one of my dreams before I became a Christian, actually, to see the world. And I I did an apprenticeship. And then when I got out of my time, uh, I was going to travel the world. But what happened was I encountered God at the age of 22. And he turned my life around and I kind of lost the dream of traveling the world. And I dedicated my life to serving God. But here's the cool thing, that he has over the years, given me my dream of traveling the world. 
Because God doesn't steal from you, friends. God gives you and fulfills your dreams. So I'm a blessed man. Anyway, we're on the back of the boat, cruising the Mediterranean, and I end up chatting with this guy who was from the States. Start talking, and while I was away, I found that when I said to people, what do you do? And I said, I'm a minister. They kind of shut down the conversation. Uh, They stopped swearing, and they kind of, oh yeah, and then they kind of wanted to just shut down the old conversation. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to change telling them what I do. So I said, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, um, uh, I work for an NGO in Africa, and I look after kids in Africa. It's not a lie, because we have an NGO in Africa, and we had just come from doing that. And they go, oh, well, that's interesting, and it kind of changed the thoughts. And, the, but, and anyway, I'm chatting to this guy from the States, and uh, <clears throat> he was retired now, and he had been a musician, and, you know, and also um, was anti-God. He's anti-God. And I said to him in our conversation, because I found out he was anti-God, I said, mate, um, how's it going? You know, the US, it seems to be quite, you know, it's getting split as a nation between those that support, you know, a particular way of thinking, the Republicans and the Democrats. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. He says, I'm a Democrat. And I said, well, what's the problem? What did you think of Trump? Ah, Trump. And again, some colorful language. Whew. I didn't understand what those words meant. liar. And, um, and he says, yeah. And he said, well, you know, he's, he's linked to those evangelical Christians. Evangelical Christians. Yeah. yeah they're, blah, 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 blah. And they're just causing so much trouble in my country. And because I'd said to the guy, and then, you know, and that's when um, I came out and I thought, oh, I won't tell him what I do, but I'll tell him what I do. And I said, Simon, so NGO, you know, I do this NGO thing, and then, um, is this all right, the story? Too bad. You have to sit and listen. Anyway, he, um, I said, you know, I, I do this, but I do another job, but you wouldn't like what that job is, and I left it at that. And he had kind of floated over it, and we had our discussion about these scummy evangelical Christians and all the trouble they were causing and all this other stuff. And I engaged the guy. Oh, it's quite interesting, actually. And he you know, talked about a whole lot of reasons why he didn't like Christians. Sadly, some of the reasons were quite justified. And um, towards the, well, it brought about the end of our conversation. He said, oh, what do you mean you've got another job that um, you do that I wouldn't like? And I said, well, I said, um, I'm actually a Christian minister. And the guy, you should have seen his face. He just goes, he felt stupid. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry. And he starts to apologize. And I said, dude, it's all good. I said, no worries. I said, I have loved my conversation with you. Thank you so much for helping me understand some things, you know. And we built this relationship after even he knew that I stood for things he hated. And see, why am I telling you that? I'm telling you this. Because the world does not need us to stand up and point the finger at them. The world does not need us to stand up. The world needs us, friend. I'm telling you, the world needs us. People's lives need us because he dwells in us. But they do not need us to stand up and point our finger at them. They do not need us to stand up and condemn them. They need us to be a voice of hope. 
a voice of life, a voice that there is an answer to man's struggle. Can I have an amen? See, I want to inspire you this morning, my friends, that you are a voice of hope to a world that desperately needs it. And we have got to be people who understand the very breath of God dwells in us. That the creative power of God dwells in us. That there is power within you. But not power to be some kind of religious, condemning, finger-pointing, judgmental, I don't know. They don't need it. Hallelujah. Can I have a louder one? No, 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 no. You make me feel good when you do that. Come on, make make me feel good. No. Okay. Verse 13 again says this. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and here's, listen to this last bit, and he will tell you things to come. So he's dwelling in you, he'll teach you about all truth, it's a journey where when you're strong enough, he'll make you confront some stuff in your life that maybe you need to face up to, because that's the best way, you know, to understand not being stupid is to learn out what's stupid. But then it says that he will teach you, guide you, show you things that are to come. Think about it. So if I'm understanding that right, there are things that haven't yet happened. There are things that are about to come upon the earth in my generation that the Holy Spirit has the capacity and the ability, in fact, the mandate from God to tell us of the things that are about to come upon the earth. Wow. Think about it. When we fully understand that he lives in us, when we fully understand our in walking in partnership and communicating with him and listening to him, because a lot of us don't listen to him. We listen to the wrong voice that takes us down the wrong road. He's going to speak to us of things to come. So I've been thinking about that. What does that mean? Well, it can mean... It can come as a warning because there are things that have happened through history that have brought great damage to the world. Uh, We've had COVID and COVID has really damaged the world and the psyche of most of mankind has been damaged by it and is full of anxiety and fear. And uh, I was reminded of the beginning of this year when I saw the tsunami that hit Tonga and I felt God show me through that, that um, and there were people who were higher ground and there were people that are lower ground and the people that were on the lower ground, the tsunami was able to affect them, but the ones on high were just watching it go on by, right? And I felt God say to me, there's more coming. Oh, hold on. My gosh, that might have been the Holy Spirit because he's telling us of things that are to come. Now I want you, and I want to speak a word of caution to you with this. On the internet, there are a lot of voices that are speaking about things that are to come, but behind them is a spirit of fear. 
And behind them are things that they're trying to instill, they don't even know it, to cause people to be full of fear about the future. But the Bible clearly tells me that the Holy Spirit never came to give me a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit came to give me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So you've got to be really careful if you are into, you know, kind of connecting with the thing about what is to come, that you don't listen to stuff that's going to put a spirit of fear in you to hold you down instead of lift you up and realize that you have some answers. You, you with me? Hallelujah. Shouldn't be scared of the future. Shouldn't be scared when we hear there is trouble coming because trouble often for the church has been opportunity. Hallelujah. Friend, we are answers to the world, remember? And then I started to think about this a bit more. So God, you're going to tell me of things to come. God, you're going to tell and you want to speak to our church. You want to speak to us who are the answer to the world who you've raised up, who the breath of God dwells within, to tell us of things to come. See, when you know something's coming, you prepare for it. When you know something's coming, you're ready for it and you're not bowled over it by surprise. True? Hallelujah. Too many Christians, I mean, church attendance across the world has dropped as a result of COVID because lots of Christians have been pushed off the rock. Hallelujah. Friend, you're not meant to be pushed off the rock by what's coming. Your mind has to change where you realize, hold on, I've got, I've got the answer. I'm carrying the answer because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. Hallelujah. Can I have another amen? Here's the second aspect of God telling you about things that are to come. God wants to tell you and show you how you can change the future as part of the answer. See, there are things that don't yet exist that we as a church, God wants us to bring into existence to help people. See, one of the things I've learned about serving God is he speaks to me about things that he wants us to do. And, you know, we do them and then we watch how God changes the future of people around our lives. You understand? Friend, you carry the answer. Friend, you carry the ability to change the future. See, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today about things that will change tomorrow. How cool is that? The Holy Spirit that dwells within you wants to speak to you about things that haven't yet come that will come because it's in the heart of God. And if you don't listen, he'll use someone else because God will have his way. And he wants us to cause some things to happen that haven't yet happened. To help us be the answer to the world. If you're a Christian and you are just living your Christian life for you, then you aren't really, you haven't got it. Because you are meant to help because the helper lives within you. You are meant to cause things to change because you're there. Oh, I think that's pretty good. Okay, can I have some amens? Are you listening to them? The Holy Spirit will come and lead you. But who's really leading you? 
Who's really the guide for your life? Who's the voice that you're truly, really listening to? I have met people who are led by their past. I have met people and Christians in that who are still led by the hurts and pains of their past. Their future is guided by the brokenness of their past. Their future is not guided by the wonder of, wow, I can change the world. It's rather guided by their brokenness and they're looking for the next hurt to come their way. They're looking for the next pain to come their way. There's nobody here like that. Hallelujah. Friend, do not lead your life or be guided by your past hurts or your past brokenness. I love it where it says God doesn't leave us as orphans. Orphans are affected by their past and it can be right through their lives. But Jesus said, I'll never leave you have an orphan. Joe, um, I never ask you permission, but I know you like me. So I'm gonna, without asking your permission, can I share with them something that you told me about being an orphan? I'll put you on the spot. You have to say yes. Is that Okay. I'll stop now. All right. Joe said. Joe was telling me about she's been adopted. She's been adopted into a family and she's the youngest in the family. And sometimes her siblings have said to her, Joe, you know, you were only brought into the family. We're the real deal. We were born into the family. Right? And they were joking. They're winding up. You know, they're not trying to, you know, but siblings, whatever. But I love what Joe said back to them. You know what she said? She said, ah, mum and dad got no choice about you coming, but they chose me. Woo! Friend, you're chosen. You're not an orphan. He chose you. I mean, what? Christians, we need to have that attitude. Man, he chose me. I think it's because I'm so good looking, why pick me? No. I'm deceived. The Holy Spirit needs to come and bring me the truth. But you with me? This morning, this is my introduction into people who are living their lives led by the Spirit. You see, it says this in Romans. My message just took off. <clears throat> Very interesting. Romans chapter 8, when I find it, <clears throat> verse 14. I'll only just read verse 14. Let me have a drink. Still cold. <clears throat> For all who are being led by the Spirit... These are the sons of God. Friend, when you live a life being led by the Holy Spirit, when you live a life realizing that he's inside of you and you are an answer to the world and you allow him to lead you, you enter into a thing the Bible describes as a son or a daughter of God. You are adopted into the Father's family in heaven and you are an inheritor of every aspect of it. 
Hallelujah. And I'm not going to go down that road anymore. Because that's enough. But I want to touch the space where we are being led by the wrong thing. See, there are three activities within you as a human being when you become a Christian. There is the activity and the voice of the carnal nature, the sinful man. There is the voice of the natural person. And the third voice that is activated when you become a Christian is the voice of the Holy Spirit that is to lead and guide you. The trouble is we get confused and we will listen to the natural voice and we will listen even to the carnal voice that the Bible tells us will lead us to trouble. And sometimes that carnal voice or that natural voice is the voice of the past, of the past hurts and pains and mistakes. But friend, being people who are led by the voice of the Spirit is our destiny. Hallelujah. Can we close our eyes? You know, Lord, you did not leave us as orphans. In fact, you chose us. In fact, Lord, you dwell in us through you, Holy Spirit, in us. And you want to lead us. I pray this morning for my grandson to become a big preacher like his father because he's, he's amening my message. I pray this morning for those that are being led by the wrong voice. Father, for those that maybe the past is directing their future. That this morning, by the Spirit of God, there would come a change in Jesus' name. And all those that are only being led at the natural level, again, that there would come a change within them. And Lord, I take authority over the enemy's hold on the past in people's lives. And I declare and break it and speak freedom and truth over them. And God, that in a fresh and a new way, we would submit, talk to, communicate with your voice, Holy Spirit. And that we would be people who have the courage to be led by that voice to our future. In Jesus' name, amen.